Good morning. Welcome each one to the service here this morning. Welcome to the visitors. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jake, and for sharing those verses with us. I was, uh, I've been blessed already this morning just by the songs that we sang, um, especially the last one there, just about burdens that we may have. There's many different things that we can be burdened about, but God wants us to cast those things upon him, and he can help us out with those. Before we start, I'd like just for all of us to stand, and if two brothers could just lead out and pray for the service here, I would appreciate that, and I'll close. Jesus, precious name, Lord, we love you, we worship you, we praise you. Thank you, Father, that we can gather together in this way here this morning, Lord. Bless those that cannot be here, God. Oh, Father, we're looking to you. We're asking you, God, for your blessing to, get, to be upon our assembly here today. We thank you, Lord, you are, you, are, you are here, God. And thank you for the songs that we sang, Lord. We're able to sing, God. Oh, Father, I just pray, have your way in each one of our hearts and each one of our lives, Lord. Bless David as he shares, God, in the opening, Father, I pray, oh, God, that, yes, our hearts would, would be drawn closer to you because of this meeting here today, Heavenly Father. And I do also pray, in light of that song, Lord, God, that we would uh, cast our cares upon you, Lord, because you care for us. Oh, God, thank you, Father, that we can do that this morning, Lord. We look to you, Father. Just minister to each and every one of us. God, we pray. I ask it in Jesus' name. Father, Father, we come to you this morning. We do thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to gather together as a group of believers to lift up our heart and the face our faces to you, Lord, this morning for your light, for your truth, for your wisdom, for your inspiration, encouragement, and hope. And Lord, as, uh, as we heard this morning, Lord, help us not to have a disquieted heart, but help us to look in you, look up to you as to whom we trust. Lord, you know the needs of all of our hearts, Lord, as you interpreted the message at Pentecost, Lord, to each individual, so interpret it here to us. Lord, uh, that we may all hear from you. Lord, send out your light, send out your truth, and visit us today. We open our hearts to you and invite you into our presence. We pray in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we come before your presence this morning. Lord, you know how I feel. I feel inadequate to be up here this morning. Lord, but I pray that you could somehow use me as a vessel in your hands, Lord, that you can flow through. God, I just want more of you. Lord, I, I, I'm sure that's each one of our hearts' desire is to know more of you and to be purified, Lord, and to just allow you to do a deeper work in our hearts and lives. Father, I pray that you would do that today. Lord, I confess I feel a bit scattered this morning, but I pray that you could just help us, each one of us, to look to you and to allow you to change us. Just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So as I was um, thinking about what to share this past week, um, I'll just give you a little bit of background. I, I actually thought I was on for next Sunday until yesterday. You probably, some of the brothers probably seen that when I asked 
in the chat. And I was, uh, this past week, I was reading through James, um, just trying to do a little bit of a study in James. And I was hoping to have, be a little bit more thorough with my study, and I didn't have a lot of time. But uh, hopefully we can pick some things out here in James and learn some things. If you want to, you can turn to uh, James. I'm just going to go through the first chapter, and I'm not going to cover everything. Um, For me, the book of James has always been a real challenge, something that's been, it's, it's a very practical book, and maybe in some ways it's almost too practical, because it, it, it can be a little difficult just with how high of a bar that James lifts up. Um, but I think it's very, very possible with God's help. But uh, I just, yeah, I really enjoy the book of James, um, just how practical he is with different aspects of life. Um, so, yeah, I'm just planning to go here through the chapter one, pick out some things. First of all, um, I, I would like to ask the question, um, what do we know about James, or what is, what is some history of James? Does anybody have an idea who James was, or anything like that? Anybody want to have an answer to that question? Um, go ahead and speak up. I believe so. I think so. Yep, that's... Uh, one of the things, I mean, it's, it's debated a little bit, but I believe he was the Lord's brother or his half-brother of Jesus. Um, some other things that we can take note about James, he was, uh, yeah, he was the Lord's brother, so he would have grown up with him, him and his brothers. But uh, in John, it talks about how that pretty much um, Jesus' brothers, they were against him. They were not following Along with Jesus, they uh, actually were kind of against him, even though they had, you know, a lot of close interaction with Jesus. Um, Then it seems like along the way, uh, it talks about there in Acts, um, James and his brothers were there in the upper room with Jesus, and it seems like there was a change of heart for James. Somehow he, seeing Christ in a different light, or was able to... um, see the way of salvation all that it doesn't give us much details about James but somehow he had a change of heart um, and then also became a leader in the church there in Jerusalem it seemed like a pretty prominent leader there in Jerusalem talks about that in Galatians so I would just like to read through the chapter and we can just listen and see what we can um, gain from it then I'm going to go through just part of it and uh, just kind of look at the different verses. Um, Maybe I will have the men help me out here, and we'll just read, uh, we'll see how far it goes around, three verses. I'm going to start here at Elvin, and then just work my way back through. So Elvin, would you be able to read one to three? And then, actually, I'll tell everybody where, and then you can, you're just fine. (laughs) So then we'll go uh, Pete, four to six, and Dad... 7 to 10. And let's see, Dylan, 11 to 13. Uh, Tyler, 14 to 16. And Larry, 17 to 19. 
Uh, now we'll just jump over to Andrew, uh, 20 to 22. And um, Laverne, we'll go 23 to 25. Did you get that, Laverne? Yeah. Okay. And then Daryl, 26 and 27. So go ahead, Elvin.
Each one of you for helping me out with that. There is a lot in this chapter, and uh, first of all, I'll say I, I don't feel like I'm a very good with studying or a theologian or any of that. So if I say something I am wrong on, please feel free to correct me on that. Um, so let's start with let's just start in verse one, and I'll see if I can make sense out of my notes here. Um, actually, we'll go from 1 to verse 4. James, a servant of God and of Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Um, first of all, I'd like to know in, in verse 1, it says, James, a servant of God. Um, first of all, it kind of depicts how James, um, he's, that's, a servant is not someone that we look up to or someone that we necessarily would like to be. But here was James, he was actually, if, if we're correct, he was actually a brother of Jesus. And he says, James, a servant of God. Seems like he has a heart just of, of service, of wanting to do what, do the lowly things. Um, just to be a servant. Um, just talking here to the 12 tribes, seems like that's where his letter is directed to. And then, um, talks here in verse 2 about counting it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations, which is uh, kind of a picture of the upside down kingdom, I guess you could say. Like, how can you count it joy when you fall into temptations? Um, that can be difficult for us, for me, to get my mind around that, how, how we could do that. Um, typically, under normal circumstances, trials would take away our joy. And a lot of times, it seems like, you know, we think that God is not happy with us, or, or we haven't been doing things right, or something that those trials come our way. Um, But I think, just to put it simply, trials in our life are God's approval in us, not His disapproval. Um, So instead of seeing how we can run from them, let us allow ourselves to to go through them so we can come out more refined, a more refined person for God's glory. Um, You know, I was just thinking in, in our own lives, there was something that came up recently that we kind of had our heart set on, and uh, things turned out differently. It was, I guess you could call it a trial in our lives. Um, And we don't understand why, but God, I believe, brings those trials into our lives to make us more holy, to bring us farther along in our Christian life, and just to work a beautiful picture out, even though we don't see it at the time. Um... So we can actually be joyful 
when trials come our way. Uh, let's see here. If you want to, you could turn to First Peter, First uh, Peter one six and seven. It talks a little bit more about this. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if ye need be, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So it doesn't mean we're just going to be all happy when trials come our way. But it's, it's part of a refining that God is wanting to do in our lives to bring us out um, pure as gold on the other side. You can look at it, um, a good illustration might be, like when we exercise, um, it, it can be in any way, but we are doing it so that we maybe to lose weight or whatever it might be. Um, it's to be more refined in the end. And I think that's the same way it is here, how James is talking about trials. Um, in First Peter 4, and turn there, First Peter four, twelve and thirteen. It says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. So, sounds like uh Peter and James here are kind of along, kind of thinking along the same lines. He says here to rejoice when those trials come to try us because of the work that Christ wants to do in our lives to refine us and to make him more make us more like himself. It is only because of Christ and the faith that we have in him that we can see trials as a good thing in our lives. If we are focused on ourselves, we will not be able to have joy when those trials come our way. So this is something that really actually takes the focus off of ourselves. If we are looking at ourselves um, in selfishness and all those ways, we will not be able to go through these trials and have it bring a positive effect in our lives. So, jumping down to verse 5, go down to verse 8. If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. The double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So, do we lack wisdom? I, I definitely do, and I'm sure we could all say that, that we need more wisdom. Um, what is wisdom? Uh, one definition says, wisdom is discernment and insight. In a biblical context, it is the ability to discern the truth and to walk in it. Here God is saying, or here James is saying, if we lack wisdom, ask of God. And then... He says, God will give it to all men liberally. He 
will give us that wisdom. It's something, our God is not someone that is stingy about this. He is, he is a giving God, and He wants to give us this wisdom, but we need to ask. Um, there's two parts to this. We need to be willing to acknowledge that we need wisdom and then also ask for it so that He can give it to us. And there are some more conditions there in verse 6. It says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of sea driven with the wind and tossed. For me, this, this is where the challenge or where the rubber meets the road, I guess you could say. Are we going to have faith and believe God that he will give us that wisdom or for any other thing that we are asking of him in our lives? We have to ask in faith. We have to believe that God is able to do this. Um, otherwise, God can't answer our prayers if, if, if we don't have faith in Him. And I believe we also need that faith to be able to walk through the trials like we talked about previously. If we don't have the faith, we, we're probably going to have a hard time going through those trials. God gives in super abundance. When we ask for wisdom, he will not only give it to us, but he will give it liberally. And then also, um, it says there, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And I think a pretty good definition of that would be uh, there in verse 6, where he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and toss. We don't know where we're going. One time we think this, and one time we think something else. So we need to have a single heart, a single mind, uh, fixed upon God. Going on to verse 9. Let's go into verse 9 to 12. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Um, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. You know, our life, it's but a vapor. um, And the things of this world that we may hold dear, you know, they're all going to pass away. They're all going to burn up. And I need to keep that. We need to keep that in mind as we go through this world, as we go about our daily lives, um, in business, in finances, just in everything, that we, we realize that this world is not going to last forever. It's going to come to an end. And uh, we need to endure, endure to the end. Like there in verse 12 it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. And I'm not sure exactly what he all means by that, but that we have endurance and that we persevere and that we push through. We don't give up when that trial's difficult or when the things are hard, um, but that we uh, press through to the end. You can turn to Second Timothy uh, chapter 2. Second Timothy two verse one to four. Uh, 
Uh, it's here, Paul's talking to Timothy. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in you, that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. That gives us a very clear picture of what we ought to do. Um, not getting tangled up with the affairs of this life. And there's many different things we could talk about that, but I, I'll let it, each one of us just apply that, put the application to our lives where we could be entangled with the affairs of this life. Um, but we need to be be able to endure hardness as a good soldier. Like it says there in verse 3. So that's that's pretty much all I had there on James. I could have kept going, but I didn't have time that I wanted to. Um, I do have a just a poem here I'd like to read, in considering uh, considering they're just the trials that we face. Um, it says when God sends us trials along our way on our knees, we need to get down and pray, for we will need a lot of His strength so to keep our fear at arm's length. When God delivers what to us is a blow to the throne of grace, we need at once to go. For we need not panic or think that it's odd for these flaming testings to come from God. When God sends us trials fiery and blazing, just think about the joy for you that is awaiting. So I would just leave that with you. Keep pressing in and don't let those trials take you down, but look at it at it as a way that God is trying to refine you.